Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today we are joined by Marcelo Barros, international student career expert and founder of the International Vantage, a firm whose mission is to help international students stand out, showcase their strengths, beat visa odds, and secure jobs in the United States. The International Vantage partners with universities to help foreign students capitalize on the unique value they bring to American employers. He joins us today to share a few of these strategies. I'm Ian Gaines. Come join us beyond borders. Welcome to Immigration Nerds. Today we have Marcelo Barros, founder of International Advantage. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Ian, so much for hosting the International Advantage. Not a problem. Sure. Thank you. First, tell us a little bit about the work you do at International Advantage and how did you first get involved? Yeah, I've always been interested in helping international students. So those who are here attending our U.S. universities, those individuals who come here from different countries, many of them are interested in staying and working in the United States after graduation. Mm. And I've always been interested in helping individuals transition from being an international student to becoming a professional in the U.S. Um, It can be a tough journey. It can be a difficult path. But over the years, I've uh, taken a lot of interest in trying to find effective ways to make the balance tilt in the favor of international students when it comes to securing jobs in the United States. Great, great. So, and I I know that many different universities collaborate with you guys. So do you hold like any sort of workshops with students and what do uh, students sort of benefit from that? Yeah. Universities are very interested in helping our national students be successful with their job search efforts. Uh, just as a, as a specific example, uh, here in Washington, D.C., we work with Georgetown University. And mm-hmm. essentially, when, you go, when we go to their campus, we work with their business school there. And we host uh, typically a two-hour workshop mm-hmm. where we share what we've learned in the previous year in terms of international student job search employment prospects mm-hmm. and what international students can do to give themselves the best chance in terms of securing a great job in the U.S. Sometimes we work with students individually. We meet with them one-on-one. There is a university in Texas called Texas Christian University, TCU. Mm -hmm, And over there, Ian, is a little bit different. Over there, I actually sit down with each international MBA who is attending that program, and I provide a 30-minute consultation to each student. So very personalized, very individualized, very targeted. But normally, the format is more of a classroom-style format. That's normally what we do. Right. Can you share with us some of the strategies that you use? Sure. I think what we want to remind international students that before they showed up here in the United States, before they've started attending a U.S. university, they have developed very sought after capabilities that U.S. employers may be looking for. Mm -hmm. And a lot of international students don't honor that and they have a hard time marketing that. A lot of international students um, lack awareness of just how capable they truly are. We truly attract the cream of the crop at our universities here. So our first course of action when we get in front of international students is just to get them to honor the tremendous capabilities that they have developed 
prior to arriving in the United States. The ticket to success to most international students is to build upon those capabilities as opposed to feeling that they're starting from scratch. Mm, right. Uh, their background and their experience that they already have, that's an advantage in itself. Exactly. Their right. background, their language skills, their superior cognitive abilities, there's tremendous tremendous power in the multicultural brain. Mm -hmm. The multicultural brain, this has been proven <laughs> over the years, is a more creative brain, is more analytical, and is capable of things that a brain that has only experienced one country is mm -hmm. not capable of doing. So we want to try to extract the best out of our international students. So when they get in front of U.S. employers, U.S. employers can feel, wow, this is a special candidate. I cannot just go down the street and find a candidate with this set of capabilities. That's what the international advantage is all about. So for those international students, those who, let's say, graduated in 2019, just recently, uh, and don't have jobs, what are the best job search tactics and that you guys use? Yeah, this is a good question. At this time of the year, we've just entered the month of July, Ian. So we have thousands of international students across the United States. They graduated, let's say, in May and June, uh, for instance. So the class of 2019, many of these international students don't have jobs yet. That's a very stressful situation because the clock is essentially uh, ticking for them. Mm -hmm. uh, as an international student, after you get your college degree, you cannot just linger in the U.S. You, <laughs> you have a limited time. Right to stay here. Yes. So we are right now very focused on helping the class of 2019 get employed. So what are our best recommendations and strategies? Essentially, we are asking students to really try to understand why don't you have a job yet? Mm -hmm. And there could be a multitude of factors that really warrant uh, an individual analysis of their profile. But at this point, for students who are under stress and their backs are against the wall, so to speak, it's important for them to understand that OPT, which is the first program available to them after graduation, OPT can be paid or non-paid. It can be full-time or part-time, mm. as long as it's related to their course of study. So worst case scenario, these international students have an opportunity to find unpaid employment. Essentially, they have to find somebody who's willing to hire them with a job scope that relates to their field of study. So we try to get students to just get on payroll, find a project that's related to their major, and then continue their search once they secure some stability in the country. That's normally right. what we recommend. Great, great. And when they're in that search uh, for careers, in your experience, uh, what have you seen that has been uh, great opportunities for international students? We see international students succeeding in a variety of fields. Interestingly enough, uh, I was working with a couple of students who majored in architecture. So that is a little bit of an unusual major, certainly not as common as computer science or engineering. Sure. But typically where you're going to find most success, uh, you're in the STEM majors, Ian. Yeah. Of course, there is great demand for individuals who have STEM-related types of skills, Great high-paying jobs. Um, companies are oftentimes willing to provide an H-1B to those workers because organizations know that they cannot easily find them 
we also see a good bit of success with business students in particular, mm. uh, the ones who have more of an advanced type of profile that is able to fill some gaps in the American labor force. Mm. I usually say international students, the pain of American employers is your gain. So if you're able to identify where the gaps are in the U.S. workforce, you're able to build a profile that fits the needs of American employers. The whole idea about being an international student seeking an H-1B job in the U.S. is to create a very, very desirable profile, a profile that contains capabilities and characteristics that U.S. employers cannot easily find in an American candidate. Mm -hmm. And what you guys do, you help with that search of finding those careers or jobs that's a deep need within the market. Yes, we did. What we do is essentially twofold. We work with students directly, trying to get them to identify what are their international advantages. What mm -hmm. do they bring to the table that is really unique and is in demand by the U.S. workforce? That's part of what we do. And the second component of what we do is to identify American organizations mm. that are willing and open to consider international candidates Got as it. hires. Got so it. we spend a good bit of time trying to network with different organizations across the U.S. We try to understand their business models. We try to understand their growth rates. We try to understand their hiring needs. And we very proactively position international hires as an effective tool to help their companies grow. Mm -hmm. If we educate employers on what they're able to do in terms of hiring international students, oftentimes if they plan early and if they work with good immigration counsel, they can create strategies to tap into the pool of uh, international students that we have in the U.S. That's a smart strategy for companies to take. Great, great. So along this course and along this search, uh, there must be certain barriers that students come across. Uh, what are the most common ones? There are many variants, Ian. This <laughs> yeah. question reminds me of my own journey trying to find mm. employment in this country as an international student. You may think that I had my act together when I was doing that, and I really <laughs> didn't. Sure. I was very lost, uh, very flustered. Uh, I lacked direction, and I really didn't believe that I had uh, any chance of, of finding employment in the U.S. as an international student when I had to go through the process. There are um, there are really a number of barriers. One of them I alluded a little bit in the beginning is that international students often fail to capitalize on attributes and core strengths that they already have developed prior to coming to the U.S. Right, right, right. So we spoke a little bit about that. They feel that it's the American degree that will give them uh, a good opportunity to turn their career goals into reality. And oftentimes, it's not the degree itself. Mm -hmm. What the, the ticket to success as an international student is to blend, is to bring in with you these core strengths that you have, emerge that with the new knowledge that you're acquiring in the U.S. Another typical barrier, Ian, is the lack of a network, right? right. If you That's are right. a U.S. citizen you can, and you're interested in working at Goldman Sachs, you can call your dad and say, Dad, do you know anybody there? <laughs> if you have those contacts. If you, know. you have those contacts. <laughs> That's if you a great are, start. 
you know, you start with your family and right. maybe your your dad's neighbor knows somebody. Right. Imagine being an international student. You come here and you may not know anybody. Right. So you lack immediately a pool of contacts that might be able to give you a little bit of um, support with your job search. If it is true that it's in the end, it's who you know and not what you know, if that's really true, then international students are in trouble because most of them lack contact. So we try to help with that as well. Another, um, of course, uh, possible barrier has to do with uh, international students are so driven to su succeed academically. They care so much about their grades and oftentimes they fail to prioritize their job search and mm. that could get them in trouble. Right. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, building that network. I, I think that's, that's really important. That's really important because when you come to a new land, you're starting from zero, mm -hmm. literally zero. And you, you have to put a concerted effort to build that network around you. Mm -hmm. And you guys definitely help with that. Is there any particular, let's say, groups uh, that international students can get involved with where there's multiple people in the same sort of situation so sure. they can relate, you know, that they have a, a, a common experience with? Yeah, I think that um, the the easiest way to get started in terms of building a good pool of contacts is to look at the help that's already available at our U.S. universities. So international students, for example, have an opportunity to schedule a meeting with a professor and say, Professor Smith, I'm here and I'm very motivated to try to break into this field. I would like your advice. So we would like to see international students taking more initiative to leverage the wonderful uh, resources that our U.S. universities provide them. Um, what typically happens, unfortunately, again, they are solely preoccupied of, in terms of getting the highest GPA possible, and they fail to create meaningful contacts inside mm -hmm. their schools. So if they just start there, Ian, that's already very, very right. beneficial. And once you feel a little bit more brave, you can really just Google uh, certain groups that might be related to the career interests you have. The internet has lots of uh, opportunities and uh, uh, interest groups related to whatever field you're interested in. And international students can use some common sense and explore those resources as well. Right. Could you give us an example of some other simple and effective ways that they can get started in this in terms of like the job search? Sure. I think one effective way is just to leverage the internet creatively. I, I really believe that the internet is an amazing tool that uh, that's available to all of us. And international students, for example, can simply create some digital visibility for them and say, for example, hi, I'm a new student from India or from China. I'm attending Georgetown University and I'm interested in uh, corporate finance. So that lets the world know who you are and your career, what your career interests are. And you should really, um, we all should take an opportunity to let people know our dreams, our passions, our interests. Because if you, if you do that, you give yourself a chance to meet other individuals who are going to say, I have a very similar career goal 
to yours. Let's maybe stay in touch and help each other out. Something else that international students do is to take advantage of conferences. Uh, There are Mm. many uh, conferences that take place all over the U.S., and it's easy as a student to sign up, perhaps as a volunteer. Imagine the class of 2019 students who don't have jobs yet. If I ask those students to go network now, they're under so much stress that every interaction they have with somebody, they may feel that they need to sell themselves to that individual or something like that. So it's best to network while you're relaxed, while you're not under pressure, you're more likely to develop more genuine connections that way. So Networking is something we should all do, and it's more fun and effective to network when we don't need to. Got it. Got it. So let's say a student, uh, they, they come here, they're following the advice that you're giving, building that contact pool, mm-hmm. um, going to different conferences, and they're applying uh, to an actual job. But this company does not support sponsors. So is that the end of the road for that student with that company or what sort of options do they have? Yeah, this is the this has always been the million dollar question. And mm. it's a question that has been around for as long as I've lived in the US, which is 25 years now. You're correct that perhaps the biggest barrier for international students is that they will get out there They will connect with a firm. They will network. And a firm may actually be interested in them. And then once the firm finds out that they need sponsorship, the company will say, Ian, I'm sorry, this is something we're not considering at the moment. So the door is closed. So your question, I think, to me was... Does that typically mean that's the end of the road? road. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's a a lot of times, yes, Mm. Ian, a lot of times... When a company has a policy not to consider uh, non-U.S. citizens as as candidates, depending on the firm, it's really difficult to get a company to move from that position. The larger the organization, the more rules and policies they have. So if if a company such as, let's say, Google, Google or Microsoft... Uh, If they decide all of a sudden that they don't want to consider international workers anymore, if I'm a candidate, it's going to be virtually impossible for me to change their minds. The best opportunity for you to change an employer's mind resides in organizations that might be smaller and less bureaucratic. Let's say local mid-sized firms in D.C., where they don't have the brand of a large company and they must attract uh, quality workers. So if you are an international student and if you can identify smaller organizations, in our experience, those organizations sometimes do grant some exceptions Hmm. to very strong international candidates. It's very difficult to be granted those exceptions in larger companies that have very strict rules around um, hiring and who they hire and that kind of stuff. Got it. That's uh, great advice. Um, So in the past couple of episodes, we've uh, been keeping our eye on what's been happening right across the bridge over in, in D.C. We're in Arlington right now. There's been a lot of developments in new immigration policy. 
And we was just wondering, in your experience working with uh, students, the students who want to work in U.S., has it changed since the Trump administration? Yeah, that's also a typical question that I've been answering for the past uh, little over two years now. Mm. And this is um, when we look at 2019 here, there's a few specific um, things that we should all pay attention to for those of us who live in the space of helping our national students find jobs in the U.S. First of all, if you look at the latest number of H-1B applications, that number this year, uh, 2019, it's actually it represents an increase from the previous year. Mm, okay. And uh, to me, what that indicates is that American employers want and need to continue to use the H-1B program. Despite everything that's going on out there, the response from a corporate America in the U.S. is that they see the H-1B program as a viable tool for them to hire international workers. I believe that should be uh, celebrated. Again, um, the fact that we had an increase in the number of H-1B applications this year compared to the previous year, that's phenomenal news for international students who dream about working in the U.S. after graduation. Something else that we should all uh, note is that there's hard data uh, available around this, but we also know that historically, Indian IT outsourcing companies have greatly utilized the H-1B program. Well, that's not the case anymore. We have seen a drastic reduction in terms of the dependency of Indian outsource, IT outsourcing companies in terms of relying on the H-1B program to hire workers uh, to come work at U.S. Uh, organizations. So less H-1B visas flowing to Indian IT outsourcing companies means that there's more H-1B visas available for our international students. This is also great, great news. Um, also, perhaps in 2019, this is a bit of old news at this point, but most international students do know that the United States government is, for the first time, providing preferential treatment via the H-1B lottery to international students who are attending U.S. universities, who are getting a master's degree or higher. So if you're getting an MBA or if you're getting any other kind of uh, U.S. master's degree, your odds of obtaining an H-1B are greater today than they've been. So uh, I try to focus on those three important elements of in 2019 uh, to really uh, set the ground for the content that I choose to put in front of uh, um, international students. And maybe it's worth notice, noticing that at a macro level, I think that we're hitting on all cylinders when it comes to the strength of the U.S. economy at this point. B big companies are hiring, small companies are hiring. Even my firm, my small mm. little firm, the International Advantage, we're hiring because we're growing and there are opportunities for our firm to grow. So there's a lot of optimism and, and people are looking for the right kind of skill set. So I think that's wonderful news for international students who dream of a job in the U.S. 
Great, great. So uh, for those who would like to get in contact with you, uh, where can they reach you? Sure. You can find the International Advantage uh, on typical uh, social media channels. But uh, if you get on LinkedIn, you can find us there or you can check out our website. It's the same name as our book, theinternationaladvantage.com. And again, Marcelo Barros is my name and you can Google and you could quickly find a lot of information about us. So thank you so much for allowing me to talk about a topic that typically has a very negative connotation, but I remain extremely bullish around the odds of your national students of turning the American dream into a reality. They must prepare early, they must be correctly developed, but the opportunities do exist. They are out there. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Ian. For more content and immigration updates, please visit our website at eiglaw.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at EIG underscore law to join the conversation. Thank you for listening. See you next time.